Good morning, everyone. My name is Peter, and today we are continuing our series, Walk Across the Room, where we're talking about how we can share Jesus with the people around us. How we don't always have to go and travel to the other side of the globe, but sometimes it's as simple as walking across the room. And let's do a quick recap of what we've covered so far in this series. So in uh, our first week, Pastor Naomi shared with us that sharing our faith doesn't have to be complicated. And then Pastor Todd taught us about how we can love our neighbor. And then last week, I shared how we can be confident to share our faith with others. And today, what I want us to start by considering is, can you think of a time in your life when your intentions and your behaviors didn't line up? So, for example, a few weeks ago, I was daydreaming about uh, making healthier eating choices and getting fit and trim. And then I realized that at the exact same time, I was shoveling handful after handful of ketchup chips into my mouth. Good idea, good intention, but my actions, uh, my behaviors weren't really backing that good idea up. Have you ever seen that in your life? You've got good intentions, but your behaviors aren't in alignment with them. So we uh, intend to save our money, and yet we just keep seeming to spend our money. Uh, We intend to get a good head start on that school project or that work project, and then we just spend the whole evening binge-watching Netflix. Uh, We intend to spend more time with our kids, and then another busy week flies by. You see in yourself sometimes that uh, difference between your good intentions and your behaviors. It's called the intention-behavior gap. And my concern for us as Christians is that we would have, in the context of this series, that we would have good intentions about sharing our faith, and yet we wouldn't necessarily follow through with the right actions. And Paul is someone who identified this in himself 2,000 years ago, Paul is an early church Christian leader, and he wrote this in his letter to the Romans, in Romans chapter 7, verse 15. He said, I don't really understand myself, for I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. And sometimes we see that in ourselves. We can all relate to having these good intentions and not necessarily following through on them. And so how can we close the gap between wanting to share our faith and actually sharing our faith? But it starts with a hard question for us. Do you really intend to share your faith? Do you want to share your faith? Now, if you're here and you're not a Christian, you are off the hook. But for those of us that are here who are following Jesus then we need to examine in our heart and in our motivation, is this something that I'm really intending to do? Do I really want to share my faith with others? And if we're honest with ourselves and the answer is no, then we got to stop right there and we got to go back to Jesus and we got to remind ourselves of what is our motivation. Why do we want to share our faith with others? It's because Jesus died for us. It's because we hold on to this tension of knowing that you are so sinful that Jesus had to die for you. 
But that at the exact same time, you are so loved that Jesus was willing. He wanted to die for you. And this motivates us. This changes us from the inside out to where we can be people who want to share this good news of what Jesus Christ has done for us to share it with others. And so it changes our motivation. And also as followers of Jesus, we want to be those who choose to live according to the person, the lifestyle of Jesus, how he lived as he is our example. And so we want to be those who have the good intention of sharing our faith. We got to start there. But then we recognize this gap in ourselves between our good intentions and kind of going on for the rest of our message today. I'm going to work from the assumption that you want to share your faith with others, but that sometimes we see our behaviors don't always follow through. So how can we shrink that gap? Well, there's two things that I want us to keep in mind and to hold on to as we look to shrink the gap between our good intentions and our behavior. So the number one thing that I want us to consider, to think about, and to remember is you have been sent. If you're taking notes, you might want to write down, I have been sent. Each one of us needs to recognize that we have been sent. In John chapter 17, Jesus has this long, beautiful, priestly prayer that he is praying to his father. And in that prayer, Jesus begins to talk about how followers of Jesus, we don't belong to this world, just as Jesus himself doesn't belong to this world. But then uh, look at, in verse 15, this is what Jesus is praying. He says, I'm not asking you to take them out of the world but to keep them safe from the evil one. This is Jesus' prayer to his father. He's not asking for all of his followers to be taken out of the world, but that they would be kept safe from the evil one. And then in verse 18, Jesus prays this. He says, just as you sent me into the world, I am sending them into the world. And so as Christians, we are not looking to escape from the world. The goal isn't that we would get all the Christians together and move to rural Alberta and start Christian Town, where all the Christians can just hang out with Christians. And won't that be so nice and so wonderful? Our goal is not to try to escape from the world. That's not what Jesus was praying for his followers, but that we'd be kept safe from the evil one that we recognize that we don't belong to this world, we're not owned by this world, but that we have been sent into this world. That just as the Father sent the Son, Jesus, into the world on a mission for a purpose, that now Jesus has sent us into the world. And so we want to look at how does this impact our life to know that we have been sent You have been sent. In Isaiah chapter 6, verse 8, in the Old Testament, the prophet Isaiah, he has a vision from the Lord. And the Lord reveals himself to Isaiah, and he says this uh, in chapter 6, verse 8. It says, Then I heard the Lord asking, Whom should I send as a messenger to this people? Who will go for us? Isaiah said, Here I am, send me. 
And this is the attitude that we want to have in ourselves. This attitude of if God is saying, who will go? Who will be the messenger? That we would say, I will go. Here I am. I'm right here. Send me. Because Jesus has sent us into the world. And so we need to have that perspective that Jesus has sent you into your family. That Jesus has sent you into your workplace, into your neighborhood, into your community, even to where you've chosen to send your kids to school. You have been sent into these places. That you are on a mission. There's a purpose that God has. He has sent you. And our attitude is to be, here I am, send me. I will be a messenger. And so because we have been sent, we are not looking to escape from sinful people. Because we know we are sinful people who have been saved by grace. That Jesus is changing us and transforming us and sanctifying us. But that we hold on to that tension of knowing I am so sinful that Jesus had to die for me. And so I can't be thinking that I'm better than anybody else. I can't have a big head because I hold on to this reality that Jesus had to die for me because of my sins. And at the same time, I am so loved by Jesus that he chose to die for me. And when we look at the example of Jesus, we see that he did not avoid sinful people. That Jesus was invited into the homes of people who were sinners. People whose behaviors didn't line up with God's instructions. That tax collectors and sinners drew near to hear Jesus teach. That it was Jesus' enemies who tried to insult him by calling him a friend of sinners. But people who were otherwise far from God wanted to be around Jesus. They knew they were far from God, and yet here they were sitting, listening to the Son of God, Jesus. It would be weird if a doctor avoided being around sick people. But Jesus, he came for the sick, for the hungry, for the broken, for the outcast with those with major issues. He came for them. He was drawn to them. And not only that, but they were drawn to him. They wanted to hear from Jesus. And so the question for us is, do non-Christian people like to be around you? Because they like to be around Jesus. They were drawn to him. They wanted to hear what he had to say. He wanted to be around them. He went and he ate with them. He sat with them. He taught them. And they wanted to be around him. We want to follow the example of Jesus. Okay, so if we want to close the intention behavior gap, it begins with us understanding that we have been sent. That we want to have that attitude of someone who is sent into my job, into my family, into my community, recognizing Jesus has sent me here. Here I am, send me. I will go. I will be a messenger. And then for the second thing that I want us to keep in mind, to think over, I want to build off of the foundation of last week where I was sharing with us about how we can be confident to share the good news of Jesus, that we know who Jesus is and what Jesus has done, and we share that good news with others. 
And our second point for today is I have been sent to tell my story. I have been sent to tell my story. And my story is the good news of what Jesus Christ has done in me, for me. It is personalized good news that we are sent and we are sent to tell our story. If you have your Bible, I'd love for you to join me in Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5. If you want to open up your Bible, I'll give you a few moments to get there. Mark chapter 5 in the New Testament. Jesus and his disciples in Mark chapter 5, they get into a boat and they sail across a lake and they end up on the other side of this lake. And where they disembark, they get out. Uh, It is a pagan cemetery, a pagan graveyard. And in this land, there is a wild, naked man who is roaming around. And night and day, he is screaming and yelling all the time, just running around naked, wild. The people from the nearby areas would come out and they would, they didn't know what to do, so they would try and tie up this man. They would chain up this man and he would break through the ropes and break through the chains. No one can stop this guy. No one can contain this man. He is just out there roaming around, screaming and yelling. He takes sharp stones and he cuts himself and bleeds. Nobody knows what to do, so they just kind of leave him out there. And then here is Jesus. He arrives at this place. As he and the disciples are getting out of the boat, it says that Jesus gets out first, probably because they can hear this wild man screaming and yelling. And Jesus gets out, and then this wild naked man comes running, charging at Jesus. And he runs right up to him, and then he bows down in front of Jesus. And then Jesus heals him. In a moment, in an instant, he casts out the demonic spirits, the evil tormenting spirits that have been harassing him and tormenting him. Jesus casts them out and this man is completely healed. He goes from being naked to putting clothes on. He goes from always being on the move and never resting and screaming and yelling to sitting quietly, speaking intelligently with Jesus. It's a complete revolution in this man's life. He is completely changed and healed. This man who no one knew what to do with, who no one could stop, who no one can contain, in a moment, in an instant, Jesus changes his life forever. And that brings us up to what I want us to look at in Mark chapter 5. We're going to look at verse 18. As Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. Think about this. Here is Jesus, and this man, his life has been changed. He has been healed. He has been set free. And now in verse 18, he's begging and saying, Jesus, please let me go with you. Please let me get into the boat. I just want to go where you're going. I just want to be with you. I just want to hear more of your teaching. You have changed my life forever. And then in verse 19, it says, but Jesus said, no. I'm sure he said it very kindly and, and lovingly. 
But here is this man. All I want is to be with you, Jesus. And yet Jesus says, no. I think sometimes for us uh, who have been Christians for a long time, we might think, man, there's nothing better than just walking with Jesus and spending time with Jesus and just being as close to Jesus as possible. But as Pastor Jan shared in our message uh, last week, she talked about the start of the church in the New Testament and how comfortable it would have been for them to stay with Jesus, but how Jesus sent them out. And here is another example of this. How great would it be for this man to just stay with Jesus and travel and learn from Jesus? But Jesus says, no. Go. Go home to your family. That could be translated friends, your community. Go to your family and tell them everything the Lord has done for you and how merciful he has been. Jesus sends this man out, and he's to go to his community, to his people, to his friends, to his family. He's to go to the people who had seen him in his darkest hour, in his greatest need, in his most embarrassing moments. Jesus is sending him to go to them and to show them the change that has taken place in his life to tell of the good things the Lord has done and how merciful he has been. And it says, so the man started off to visit the 10 towns of that region and began to proclaim and share and preach the good things Jesus had done for him. For every and everyone was amazed at what he told them. You and I have been sent and we have been sent to tell our story. Just like this man, we're to tell of what the Lord has done for us and of the great mercy that he has shown us. And we're to go to our friends and our family and our people and our community, even the people who've seen us at our darkest moment, seen us at our worst, and to share, here is what Jesus has done in my life. Here is what he's doing. He's changing me. He's sanctifying me. I'm a different person now because of Jesus. Here is the mercy that I have been shown. We need to hold this in our minds that we have been sent. We have been sent to tell our story. It would be so much easier to just say, just me and Jesus. I just want to learn from you, Jesus. But Jesus, he doesn't give this man a course. He doesn't take him through his training. He just sends him out to tell of this encounter that he's had with Jesus. You and I have been sent to tell our story. Now, as we look to close the gap between our good intentions and to see us actually put these things into action, into practice, to have our behaviors line up. There's two things that we're holding on to in our mind. One, that we've been sent. We're on a mission. There's a purpose that we've been sent into all these different areas of our life. And that we've been sent to tell our story of what God has done for us. The personalized good news of his mercy that's been shown to us. And I want to give us four practical steps, four practical keys that we can do for all the practical people out there of how can I really close this gap between these good intentions and to be able to put these things into action. So let me give you four quick practical things that we can do. Number one, we already talked about, it's know your motivation. 
Number one, if practically you want to change from having this good intention to share your faith and to actually put it into action, into practice, you need to know your motivation. Our motivation is that Jesus has died for us. He loved us so much that he died for us. He died in our place. He died for our sins. He rose again to prove he really is who he said he was. And that motivates us. It changes us. And so we hold on to our motivation so that when we're feeling dry and we're feeling tired and we're feeling like this is a choice and I'm just choosing not to do it, that we remember that Jesus died for us. He has sent us. It motivates us. And we need to know what our motivation is. It's Jesus. It's his love for us. And then number two, second practical thing after we know our motivation is that we need to interrupt our normal, comfortable routines. We need to interrupt our normal, comfortable routines. So we can do that by, you could grab your phone and you could set a reminder on your phone for Monday morning at 1043 that it's going to pop up on your phone and remind you, hey, remember the intention we have, it's to share Jesus with others. Because otherwise we just kind of go through our morning and we go through our routine. And so we need these things to kind of jar us out, to remind us. So you could set a reminder in your phone, hey, I need to remember to pray for this person. I'm praying that God would change their life, that they would hear the message of Jesus. And so I'm going to put some reminders. I'm going to do some things that are going to trigger me throughout the week to remember, oh yeah, these good intentions that I have, I want to put them into practice. So you could change the lock screen on your phone to remind you, hey, I've been sent. I've been sent to share my story. Whatever it is, it's different ways to kind of remind us throughout the week. So we're not just going through our normal comfortable routines. Number three is pray. Prayer is practical. And so we want to pray that God would provide us with opportunities to share our faith. So we want to be asking for this. We want to be praying, God, would you open doors? Would you provide opportunities? I want to see people get saved. I want to share my faith. And then point number four. So first is know your motivation. Second is we need to interrupt our normal, comfortable routines. And then third is that we want to pray for opportunities to share. And then fourth is that we want to ask, or we want to ask yourself, what do I need to do and what does God need to do? So what are the things that I need to do? Well, if I have been sent to tell my story, then I need to know my story. It doesn't mean that I have to memorize an eight-minute monologue that starts out when I was seven years old. No, but to be able to naturally talk and share with people about our story. Have you considered your story? What is your story? What has God done for you? How have you been shown mercy? And our stories aren't competing with each other because none of us can compete with that wild man who was roaming around naked and who in a moment his life was completely changed. So our stories aren't competing. But we can know our story. What's my story? My story is a really simple one. I was born into a Christian family, raised in this church, coming here all the time, always seemingly knowing about Jesus. Growing up in that environment as my dad worked at the church and became a pastor and an elder, and now I'm here as a pastor working in this church. It's a simple story. It's not very dramatic. It's not full of adventure. I was never roaming around naked, being wild and crazy. And yet I can tell of what God has done in my life, of the mercy 
that he has shown me. And I can consider those who have been raised in other faiths or other religions and consider what would my life be like if I had been raised in that religion or in that sort of an environment? Would I still know Jesus as I know him today? Do I just know Jesus because I was raised in this environment or do I really see him as my savior? Do I really believe all of these things that I've learned since I was a child? Each of us has a story. Each of us has something to share. So we need to know our story and we need to be ready to share. And then what does God need to do? God is the one who can provide us with opportunities that we would not otherwise have. And we wanna be ready for those opportunities. But we've gotta recognize there's parts that God will do. God is the one who will prepare people's hearts to receive. I can't do anything about that. But I can know what I need to do and I can trust God with what he will do. Each of us has a story. Each of us has been sent to share our personalized good news of what Jesus has done and the mercy that we've been shown. Your story matters. Think of all the different people that we can reach from all the different people here. There are people that you know, people you're gonna talk to who I will never meet, who may I, I never might have a conversation with, but all of the different lives that can be impacted by each and every one of us and the different places that we have been sent and sent to share our story. Your story matters. And as we come to the close, I want us to consider today, I want us to consider the world that we have been sent into. The challenge for us as believers, as Christians, of sharing our faith today, we need to recognize what's happening in the world around us. As we go to share our faith, we need to recognize that there are many people who are hurting because of Christians, because of Christian institutions and groups. And so we hear about residential schools and Catholic church abuses and Southern Baptist sexual abuse cover-ups and all these different things that we see in the news that are happening in our world. There are pastors who I admired, whose books I bought, whose messages I listened to, who have been revealed to have misused church funds, who have cheated on their spouses or been abusive, even sexually abusive. And so people are deconstructing their faith and they're becoming atheists and agnostics and nihilists. And young people are seeking spirituality, but they're turning to crystals or to tarot cards. This is the world that we have been sent into. There are hurting people, but there are hungry people. There are people who have been disillusioned with church or with Christians. We need to recognize this, that we have been sent into this world. We're not trying to escape from these things or ignore these things or overlook these things, but this is the world that we have been sent into. And there is a great need for real, authentic Christians to show up, to love like Jesus, to pursue holiness and love and Christ-likeness, to carry one another's burdens, to care more about the individuals than the issues, to care more about people than politics, to not just have good intentions, but to back it up with right behaviors. 
But I want you to see that you could change someone's perspective on what it means to be a Christian. As there are wounded people, as there are cynical people that are just putting everyone into groups and lumping everyone together. But here we come being sent to tell our story of what God has done and the mercy that he has shown us, knowing that we are sinners saved by grace, knowing that we are so loved, knowing who Jesus is and sharing him with the people around us. I wanna pray for us as we close today. Would you close your eyes? Would you bow your head? Because we need Jesus' help. As we look to be those who close the gap between our good intentions, our desire to see people come to know Jesus, to share our faith, but to be people who put it into action, who recognize that we have been sent and sent to tell our story. So Jesus, would you help us? God, we need your help. We thank you that you are so merciful to us, that you have so much grace for us. And Jesus, would we be those who have the good intention to share our faith? And God, would we close that gap and put these things into practice in our life? God, you have sent us into this world. We're not trying to escape from people. We're not trying to avoid people. God, we know and trust that you have sent us into these places to share our story of what you have done, this personalized good news. Jesus, may we be those who know our story and be willing to share it with others. God, give us the words to say. God, provide us with the opportunities. May we follow in your example, Jesus and love like you loved, and share boldly as you shared. And we ask this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Finally today, if you are here and you feel far from God, or maybe you're here and you're hurting, you're one of the people that feels broken, Jesus is here. Jesus is the one who healed the wild man that no one could contain, that no one knew what to do with. And yet when he came to Jesus, his life was instantly changed. He was never the same. And that same Jesus is here today. And he wants to change your life. And so will we be like that man and bow ourselves before Jesus and say, Jesus, will you help me? Will you change me? I need you to come into my life and save me from my sin. And if that's you today, I want to encourage you just in your heart to say, Jesus, would you save me? Would you help me? I need you, Jesus. I put my trust in you. That while I'm so sinful that you had to die for me, I am so loved that you chose, you are willing to die for me. Jesus is here. When we say just a simple prayer like that, just give our heart to him that we can know that he hears us that we are saved, that he is working inside of us, changing us, transforming us from the inside out. And so if that's you today and you made that decision to put your faith, your trust in Jesus, then that's not something that we want to keep to ourselves. That's something we want to share with others. So you can tell somebody that you know, a friend, a family member, you can come forward and share it with us. We would love to hear from you. And if you're hurting today, if you need Jesus to help you today, I want to invite you to come forward at the end of our service here. We have people who would love to pray with you. If you want help or boldness to be able to share your faith with others, come forward and we'd love to pray with you. Well, church, thank you so much for being here with us today. God bless you and we'll see you next Sunday.